0: Hello, Edwin Crozier here, welcoming you to another lesson from God's Word, brought to you by the Franklin Church of Christ. In today's lesson, we examine the age-old problem of people trying to alter and twist the Word of God. We take a look at a defining moment in the life of Judas King Jehoiakim. He thought he could avoid God's judgment, but it only became worse for him. May God richly bless us as we examine this case of scroll burning. We're not really told that much in Second Kings and Second Chronicles about the last three kings of Judah. We are told, though, during that time, that the tides of change were sweeping through the world. Assyria had been in control, but Egypt had come up and conquered Assyria. And on the way, Israel had tried to attack Egypt and Pharaoh Necho had said, you know, stay out of my way, but Judah wouldn't listen. Judah was conquered by Pharaoh Necho and in 2 Kings chapter 23 and verse 34 it says that Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the place of Josiah his father and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoahaz away and brought him to Egypt and he died there. Jehoiakim was made king in Judah by Egypt's king. However, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon marches his way down to Egypt, overthrows Egypt, and of course, what does that mean about Judah? Judah now belongs to Babylon. What's Nebuchadnezzar going to do with Babylon, with Judah? What's going to happen? Interestingly, those from Judah wanted to think that, well, nothing's going to happen. We're going to overcome. We're going to overthrow. God's going to be with us and make us win. But that's not what we're going to see in Scripture. While we're not told a great deal about Jehoiakim, we do find Jeremiah chapter 36, which provides some interesting insight into Jehoiakim as a king and his relationship with God, and also provides some interesting insight into how we are supposed to deal with God's word. I'd like for us to read Jeremiah chapter 36. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 36. In Jeremiah chapter 36 and verse 1, the Scripture reads, In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel and concerning Judah, and concerning all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah, even to this day. Perhaps the house of Judah will hear all the calamity which I plan to bring on them, in order that every man will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him. In verse 5, Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am restricted. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. So you go and read from the scroll which you have written at my dictation the words of the Lord to the people in the Lord's house on a fast day. And also you shall read them to all all the people of Judah who have come from their cities. Perhaps their supplication will come before the Lord, and everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and the wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. Baruch, the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading from the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Jeremiah 36 and verse 9 goes on. Now, in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Then Baruch read from the book the words of Jeremiah and the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah the son of Shaphan, the scribe, in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house to all the people. Now, when Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard all the words of the Lord from the book, he went down to the king's house and to the scribe's chamber. And behold, all the officials were sitting there. Elashamah, the scribe, Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Achbor, and Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the other officials." Micaiah declared to them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read from the book to the people. Then all the officials sent Yehudi, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushai, to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand the scroll from which you have read to the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand and went to them. Verse 15, they said to him, Sit down, please, and read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. When they had heard all the words, they turned in fear one to another and said to Baruch, We will surely report all these words to the king. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Then Baruch said to them, He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Then the official said to Baruch, Go, hide yourself, you and Jeremiah, do not let anyone know where you are. Verse twenty. So they went to the king in the court, but they had deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Yehudai to get the scroll and took it out of the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and Yehudai read it to the king as well as to all the officials who stood beside the king. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month with a fire burning in the brazier before him. When Yehudai had read three or four columns, the king cut it with a scribe's knife and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. Yet the king... And all his servants who heard all these words were not afraid, nor did they rend their garments, even though El Nathan and Deliah and Gemariah pleaded with the king not to burn the scroll. He would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdeel, to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll, and the words which Baruch had written at the dictation of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll, and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah burned. And concerning Jehoiakim king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord. You have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written on it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land, and will make man and beast to cease from it? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will also punish him and his descendants and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah all the calamity that I have declared to them. But they did not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the scribe, and he wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah... All the words of the book which Jehoiakim king of Judah had burned in the fire and many similar words were added to them. From this text, we learn three lessons. First, God's Word is intended for our salvation. Second, we can't change or alter it. And third, if we try, our judgment will be worse I'd like for us to consider this chapter and realize that we are in Jehoiakim's shoes God's word has come to us intending to save us we cannot alter or change it and if we try our judgment will be worse Before we consider these things, would you bow with me in prayer? God and Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before You because we understand that Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Yours is the victory and the honor. All blessing and praise and dominion belongs to You, and we honor You for that. Father, we're so thankful that You've given us Your Word. And we pray that we would be strengthened to submit to it, to understand it, not to be deterred by all the false teaching that's around us, not to adulterate it or water it down, but to simply follow it as You would have us to, to be Your servants and to spread, it, spread the gospel to others that they also may be saved. We're thankful that You have looked down upon us to save us, sending Your Son to die for us, giving us Your Word through the Spirit that we might know how to serve You, serve the Son and serve the Spirit. And we pray that You would strengthen us today as we consider Your Word, that we will rise up, that we will be stronger than Jehoiakim, that we will not follow in His footsteps, but that we will submit to Your Word, repenting when we are wrong, supplicating You for forgiveness, and that we will be blessed by You because we have blessed You. Father, we pray that all things be done to Your glory. Amen. we we'll take a look at Jehoiakim here. One of the things that intrigued me about this chapter is that while God had sent Jeremiah to proclaim all manner of judgments and warning and calamity and tragedy on Judah, Verse 3 and verse 7 stood out. Did you catch it while we were reading it? Jeremiah wrote it down and, and God had said to him, perhaps the house of Judah will hear all this calamity, which I plan to bring on them, in order that every man will turn from his evil way and then I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. And so when Jeremiah hands the scroll off the brook and says, go read it to him, in verse 7, Jeremiah repeats it. He says, perhaps their supplication will come before the Lord and everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and the wrath that the Lord has pronounced against His people. Why did this word come to Jehoiakim? It didn't come to Jehoiakim just to make him mad. It didn't come to Jehoiakim to condemn him and to to judge him. It came to Jehoiakim in order to save him, in order to produce repentance, in order to get him and the people of Judah to turn back to the Lord and do what the Lord wanted them to do. I want you to consider a contrasting passage. In Jonah, the prophet Jonah is sent to Nineveh. And you remember Jonah's message, don't you? In Jonah... Chapter 3, verse 4. Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. What an interesting warning. Because Jonah didn't say anything about repentance. Jonah didn't say, unless you straighten up. Jonah didn't say, turn to the Lord, or he's going to do this. He said, in forty days, guys, God's going to wipe you out. But notice what the people did in Jonah chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth and sat on the ashes. He issued a proclamation, and it said in Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, Do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Don't let them eat or drink water. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. And let men call on God earnestly, that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hand. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw His burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which He had declared He would bring upon them. And He did not do it. One of the great things about God is God does not want us to be destroyed. God does not want to judge us, condemning us for eternity. He did not want to judge Nineveh. He did not want to judge Judah. And so He sent His Word in order to save him. And the same is true for us. He's given us His Word in order to save us. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. I'm going to wait for you to get there. I want you to see these verses. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, as Paul was talking to these Ephesian elders, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, he said, Now I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace. Why? Which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Why has He given us His Word? Because He wants to give us the inheritance of the sanctified. Look in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. We often read verses 16 and 17, important passage. All scriptures inspired by God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished for every good work. Important passage. But let's look at verse 15. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. Actually, let's go ahead and back up to verse 14. You, however, in 2 Timothy three fourteen, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Why do we want to go to the Holy Scriptures? Because this gives us wisdom. What kind of wisdom? Wisdom that leads to salvation. That's why He gave this to us. Look in James chapter 1 and verse 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. James James says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness and humility, receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Why has He given us this Word? In order to save us. Flip over just a few more pages and note one more passage. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 22. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, Peter, as he's talking to us about being holy as God is holy, he turns to discuss the Word of God, and he says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring Word of God. How are we born again? How are we saved? by the imperishable, enduring, and living Word of God. Why did God give us this? Because He wanted to save us. That's what this is about. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that as we come to this Word, that is what it is about. It is about saving us. And so we go back to James chapter 1 and verse 19. Where James said, This you know, my beloved brethren, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting all aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness and human humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. We most often use that, James 1.19, to talk about our relationship with one another, but its basis is actually about our relationship with God. He gave us this to save us. He says, so you need to be quiet and listen. And don't get angry. Listen to what God has given you so you can be saved. We need to think about that with our own lives as we're turning to the Word of God. But you know, we also need to think about it as we're using this Word in other people's lives. Do you remember in Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9. Verse 52. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 52. Jesus is going through Samaria. It says that He sent messengers on ahead in Luke 9, 52 of Him. He sent messengers on ahead of Him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for Him. But they did not receive Him because He was traveling toward Jerusalem. When His disciples James and John saw this, verse 54, they said, Lord, do You want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But He turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. We need to recognize that God gave us this Word, not so we could blast away at everybody who's doing something wrong and not accepting Jesus and not allowing Him to enter into their village. He gave us this so we could save people. And we've got to use it that way. Yes, I understand that as we're using it that way, sometimes we are going to have to issue warnings like Jeremiah did. I understand that sometimes we're going to speak harshly. I recognize that. But what's our motivation? Is our motivation to put everybody who disagrees with us in their place? Is our motivation to sit up and and let them know how right we are and how wrong they are? Or is our motivation to get into the Word of God and help people be saved? Because God gave us this Word so people could go to heaven. And that's how we've got to use it in our lives and in others' lives. And if we're going to use it that way, we've got to learn that we cannot alter or change God's Word. Back in Jeremiah chapter 36, Yehudai read the scroll and he got through three or four columns and Jehoiakim jumped up and grabbed it, cut it with his knife and tossed it into the fire. You see, it seems that Jehoiakim thought that if he cut up the scroll and burnt the scroll and destroyed the paper upon which God's words had been written, then he could alter and change God's Word. If you look back in Jeremiah chapter 36... In verse 29, it said concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, thus says the Lord, you have burned this scroll, saying, why have you written on it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and will make man and beast to cease from it? You see, Jehoiakim didn't believe that. He didn't want to believe that. And so he thought to himself, if I can cut this up and throw it away, it's not going to happen. And yet that's not the way it works, is it? He could rip up the paper. And he could toss it into the fire. But God's Word was not the paper on the scroll. God's Word was the message. And we can toss this aside and do what we want to with that. But God's Word is going to remain the same. We can't change it. We can't alter it. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 1. In 1 Peter chapter 1, where it pointed out that God gave us His Word in order to save us. Verse 23, it said the living and enduring Word of God. Verse 24, He says, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. It doesn't matter what we do with the paper and the binding. His Word endures forever. We can cut up our Bibles and toss them into the fire. But God's Word is still going to be the same. Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. What then? Romans 3, verse 3. If some didn't believe, their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God. Will it? May it never be. Rather, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. He's given us this Word and He's given us the choice to do with it whatever we want. We can twist it. We can turn it. We can make it say anything we want it to say. We can follow it. We can disregard it. But in the end, if we say something other than He says, He's true and we are liars. And nothing will change that. Nothing will change that. And of course, if we want to be saved, how is this word going to save us? Not when we twist it and turn it, but when we just follow it. Do you see that? And whether we're talking about as a congregation or in our personal lives, God's word doesn't change. There may be some things about God's Word that we don't like. We may be tempted to twist them. We may be tempted to disregard them. We may be tempted to try to gloss over them and make Christ's church something that it's not, make our lives something that it's not supposed to be. But God's Word will always remain the same. And it doesn't matter how often we go to church if we're not doing what God says in His Word We're just liars. And here's the very sad fact. We might change and alter God's Word because we don't like something about what He said. We don't want to do something that He said. It's a little bit too boring. It's not exciting enough. Who knows why we might want to do that. But when we change it, our judgment will be worse than the warning we've already received look again at jehoiakim this is just this is amazing there in jeremiah chapter thirty six Verse 29, he talks about why you burned the scroll. Verse 30 of Jeremiah 36, Therefore says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He'll have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I'll punish him and his descendants and his servants for their iniquity. The Lord now brings that judgment down to a personal level. It's not just Judah's going to be destroyed, it's Jehoiakim is going to be wiped out. He and his descendants. And then notice the very last words in the chapter. Verse 32, Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch the son of Neriah the scribe and he wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim king of Judah had burned in the fire and many similar words were added to them. Because you didn't like the first one, well, I'm going to give it back to you plus here's some more. We can twist it. We can turn it. We can alter it for whatever reason. When we do... We may have a good time throughout this life. It may be fun. We may be in some rocking church that's just doing all kinds of fun things for us. But if we're not doing what's in here, Judgment Day is coming. And it's going to be worse than what God originally warned us with. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter three verse sixteen. Peter said of Paul in his writings, as also in all his letters speaking then of these things, and which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort or twist or rest, some translations say, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, but notice what happens to their own destruction. To their own destruction. We can do what we want to with this, but if we don't do what God wants us to do with this, we will be destroyed. Revelation chapter twenty-two. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 18 says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the books of this prophecy, God will take away his part of the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in the book. Now, I am well aware that those two verses are written specifically regarding the book of Revelation. I understand that. However, I also believe that This is a principle that we need to apply to all of God's word. That when we take away from what God has written, He'll take away our name from His book of life. And when we add to what God has given, He will add to us plague and judgment. Because we can do whatever we want to with this. But if we don't do what God wants us to do with this, we will be judged. Just like Jehoiakim. But God didn't give us this so that we would be judged. God gave us this so we could be saved. And here's the amazing thing about this. We can hear this And some of it's going to make us mad. Some of it's going to upset us. But if we repent, if we repent, we don't have to be like the king of Nineveh. The king of Nineveh said, let's do this. Who knows? Maybe God won't judge us. We don't have to be like that. Because we can remember what 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 said. 1 John chapter 1 And verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to say, who knows, maybe, I hope. We can say with certainty, when I repent and come back to God's Word, He will most definitely save me because that's why he gave this to me. Well, Jehoiakim thought he could avoid God's judgments by simply destroying the paper upon which they were recorded. May we learn better. Let's remember what we learned in this lesson. First, God's word is intended for our salvation. Second, we cannot alter or destroy God's word. Third, if we try to alter or destroy God's word, our judgment will be worse. May we always devote ourselves completely to God's revealed Word without altering or trying to change it. Again, I'd like to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study. I invite you to study with us on many subjects. If you've been given this lesson on CD by a friend, feel free to get on our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com and download any of the lessons we have available in audio format or download the outlines to print out and study on your own. If you have any questions about God's Word, about Bible study, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you, and may you richly bless God.